Hello, and welcome back to a very special episode of Silver Age Silver Screen. I'm your co-host, Casey Jarms. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Thorne. And Riley, it's the spooky times. It's October. I actually think it's like four days before Halloween or something. The point is, it's Halloween season. We gotta watch some horror movies, but which one? I'd say about a burnt guy, and he's got, like, knives for fingers, Mm -hmm. and he just kills a bunch of kids. Right, right, that guy from Rigamori. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Scary Terry. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised they haven't made a spinoff of him yet. Honestly, I watched the Rick and Morty, like, all of it finally, like, two months ago. I thought that was, like, a reoccurring character. It was just a one-off. Same with Adolf Lincoln, or... Aberdolph Lincoln? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... We watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and by all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, we mean... All in the main series. Yeah, we didn't watch Seven because it's in a different universe, and we didn't watch the reboot. Or I watched it, but we're not reviewing that for this episode. Right, you watched it. How was that, by the way? I'll get into it into the episode. Uh, It was quite bad, but there's some failed potential there, you know? And well, I'll that's into that. everything in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Very true. I'll go more in-depth into that okay. in this episode, but the reboot, not good. Very irredeemably bad in many instances, but there's some stuff in it that I'm like, I could see in a good movie. This week, we are reviewing A Nightmare on Elm Street, all the films in the main series, that being one through six. We are not going to be going too in-depth in... Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, mm-hmm. Freddy vs. Jason, or the reboot from 2010. All the other movies, that's what we're here reviewing. It's another night marathon. That yeah, yeah. We- it's like Rocky, except not as good. Like, even the bad Rocky movies are better than the later parts of this series. We will be giving a quick synopsis of each movie and then going into a quick little discussion review of our thoughts on each individual movie. And much quicker synopsis than normal, because synopsis is usually like two-thirds of it. We're just going to be very brief, like, hey, Freddy's back because he didn't die last time again, and now he's murdering teenagers again. And the gimmick related to dreams this time is blah, blah, blah. These movies are very formulaic. And also, so this doesn't end up being four fucking hours, we have a timer set to the perfect time. 13 minutes and 13 seconds. Perfect for a series that is not called Friday the 13th, like just a different series that crossed over with that one. Which, side note, Friday the 13th, please just make the 13th that you're working on. I know it will be bad, but come on. Just end the series with 13 shitty movies. Well, a few of them are passable. From what I've seen from the Friday the 13th movies, it's a lot like this movie in that it's just kind of forgettable trash, exploitative, slasher bullshit you know i'd say let's do that next year but oh god that's a long movie so want to just jump right in with the first one a nightmare on elm street they all start with a nightmare on elm street which i don't know everyone just says nightmare on elm street the film was written and directed by wes craven and mm-hmm. is the story of a young woman named nancy 
Her and her friends all live on Elm Street in Springwood, Ohio, as they're all being terrorized by this serial killer with knives for fingers named Freddy Krueger. Yeah, as- dude's covered in burns, has this ugly sweater and hat. Yeah, he doesn't have the scariest costume. Like, the glove's good. The burns, maybe. I don't get the red and green striped shirt. But Freddy Krueger, it's eventually revealed in this movie, was a child murderer, not a pedophile because censorship. Because it was the 80s and you could say a man brutally murdered a bunch of children, but you can't say the word pedophile, which is weird. And... He was a child murderer, and he got off. So these kids' parents, and also a bunch of other people, as the series goes on, apparently there were like 20 people all involved in murdering Freddy Krueger. They just fucking killed him, and now his ghost is back, killing these children in their dreams. Mm -hmm, Because Freddy Krueger is a being who exists in all of our dreams, and he uses that to kill and attack, torment and torture all the children of the parents that murdered him. And if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. That would be a really lame movie if that didn't happen. Like, his only power is making people have nightmares. The story follows as Nancy stays awake for days on end. In order to protect herself from Freddy Krueger, she starts protecting and arming herself as her and her friends are slowly Mm -hmm. picked off one by one by this child-murdering serial killer. Yeah, and I would like to say, just starting off with the first movie, the first movie's first death, I would argue, is probably the best in the series. Like, it's such a good, creepy death. Like, Nancy's friend Tina, she's been having nightmares, so she has everyone come to her house because she's scared of being asleep. And then, just in the middle of the night, she sees a slasher out the window when she meets Freddy Krueger, and he does an admittedly cheesy, long-armed thing. He's one of those things to use car dealerships but then like he kills her and it's revealed this is all in her head except it's impacting the real world like her body gets thrown up onto the ceiling and she just dies as slashes appear on her body as her friends look on horrified like that's really good at setting up this is horrifying and this is also creative and as the series goes on it's gonna lose the horrifying (laughs) yes absolutely so the thing that you got to keep in mind with the nightmare on elm street movies is that what wes craven did with nightmare on elm street was he essentially completely revolutionized the slasher genre because by that point john carpenter's halloween had essentially started the formula of slasher villains teenagers being stalked in the night by a creepy serial killer wearing a mask and popularized that style of horror and it was at the right moment at the right time perfectly capturing the zeitgeist of popular horror fiction at the time but there came a point eventually where after halloween a couple of sequels Friday the 13th and a couple sequels, My Bloody Valentine. There came a point where every studio realized these movies are cheap to make. 
and all you need is a couple of bad teenage actors. Oh god, and that continues into this. There is like one, maybe two good actors in this entire series mm -hmm. of six films each, which has pretty much a unique cast. God damn. Yeah, absolutely. Point is... What Wes Craven did was he took that stereotypical slasher archetype of just a big guy chasing teenagers around with a knife. He took that and made it much more psychological mm -hmm. and supernatural and horrifying, I'd argue. Because Freddy Krueger attacks you in your sleep when you are supposed to at least feel at your safest. And because of that, you are unable to sleep. That is an extremely violating feeling. And that took the slasher genre into a more supernatural, creative, and inventive direction, yeah. which also kind of did lead to the downfall of the slasher genre. <laughs> yeah. Because studios started putting more money and it just, just sort of died out. And then Wes Craven revolutionized it again with Scream in the late 90s. Yeah. But that's a review for another yeah. time. And tightening our focus back onto this one, this one, and kind of only this one, is genuinely a good horror movie. It manages to be creative without being ridiculous and silly. And, like, what works best in this movie is the blurring of lines between reality and a dream. Like, frequently, Nancy will be going about her daily life, then Freddy will just attack her and she'll wake up. Like, it's never really clear if she's safe, which is what she's going through as a person. It also is the one that has the clearest rules. Rules are important in horror because you need to understand how it works so it isn't just pulling bullshit out to kill you. And it has an overall a good plot arc of her friend is murdered, no one believes her, someone else is murdered, she starts staying awake to keep from dying, then Johnny Depp dies. By the way, Johnny Depp is in this. Mm-hmm, yeah. This was before 21 Jump Street, before Pirates of the Caribbean, before everything. Yeah. He's just this weak side character that yeah, eventually went on to become one of the biggest blockbuster actors yeah. in Hollywood history. Yeah. And honestly, he's not even that great in this. He's just kind of there as the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. By the way, he gets murdered, and then she starts doing home alone traps in her house to try and catch Freddy. She gains strength throughout the film, and the climax is she realizes earlier she brings Freddy's hat into the real world. Not sure how that works, but she realizes, oh, I can bring Freddy in and then beat the shit out of him. Like, the climax of this movie, this movie is Freddy as scariest, but God, he's pathetic in that final scene. Yeah, he's more so like a personal, he relishes the kill. You know, mm -hmm. but that said, he's not this big imposing guy that's going to kill you. He is more of like this creepy, sadistic yeah. killer. Yeah, without his dream powers, he's just a middle-aged dude with a knife who gets the shit beat out of him by a 15-year-old girl. By the way, there's supposed to be 15 in this movie, they say at one point, which is ridiculous because like Tina, she's like 24. The actress was, I mean. Yeah, well, welcome to Hollywood. They cast... 30-something-year-olds as teenagers. Yeah. The practical effects in this movie, they haven't all aged well. I know you mentioned earlier the arms stretched out 
scratching mm-hmm. the walls as he walked down the alleyway. Conceptually, that is a really good idea. And again, goes into the idea that Freddy is this serial killer that relishes the murder. Other than that, there are some practical effects. Like, isn't there a part where, like, bugs are crawling out of people? I don't know. These movies have destroyed my memory. Watching six in a row, I can barely remember some of the minor details of the first one. True, but there's a part where I'm pretty sure one character, their feet just transform into these, like, snakes or eels or whatever. And... I think the practical effects, some of them haven't aged well, but other than those, they're really convincing. Yeah. Added to the fact that I think the dream sequences, that I think is what this movie does arguably the best out of the entire franchise is differentiate between the real world and the dream world, as well as making the dream world feel creepy and scary and the transitions between different dreams. Like Yeah, like you're sitting in a bathtub, then you close your eyes for a moment, then you get pulled under the water. Like, Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's really convincing. Like, the transitions between the real world and the dream world are very convincing and very effective. As for flaws with the movie, one plot hole that I personally found is they establish that pain wakes you up from the dream. At Mm -hmm. one point, Nancy slams her arm against a boiling pipe and that wakes herself up and she has a burn mark on her arm. Yeah, Yeah, that doesn't make sense because he slashes people in dreams. Yeah, you'd think that a guy with a knife hand stabbing you in the stomach, that would kind of... Oh, I'm being stabbed by a very pleasant knife. Also, something as we are down to less than two minutes that we should talk about is the ending of this film, which is a very good ending until it's not, and then the continuity is so fucked. (laughs) Yeah, so after the Home Alone traps, Nancy just decides she doesn't believe in in Freddy Krueger anymore and he disappears. Yeah, like the whole film was a nightmare and she wins by not being afraid. That's interesting and it gets us a rare happy ending in a horror movie where she goes outside and her friends are there and then haha freddy's still alive so this movie was a dream but also this is still a dream and i'm gonna murder you and your mother and then the sequel's gonna have very confusing ideas about whether or not this really happened yeah so immediately after defeating freddy nancy walks outside she gets into her boyfriend's car and the convertible top closes and it's the same pattern as Freddy Krueger's shirt. The kids drive away into smoke and Freddy kills the mom by dragging a very obvious dummy through a broken hole. I sure hope it's suddenly ending stupidly with Freddy being alive doesn't become a trend. Ten seconds, last thoughts. Uh, This ending was shit because Wes Craven originally wrote a definitive happy ending as he wanted this to just as he just wanted this to be a one-off movie Mm -hmm. but the studio the producers wanted to leave it open for a sequel so they forced the movie to have a cliffhanger ending and it was stupid and shit also the doctor where Nancy is getting sleep tested that doctor was played by an actor who voiced Roger Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Well, that's... Okay. That's just weird. Okay. So, overall, what do you think? How good is this movie? As a horror film from the 80s, Mm -hmm. I think it's very nostalgic. It has a lot of 
problems, but it's one of those like, you just enjoy the atmosphere, the character of Freddy Krueger, who Robert England does, a, I'd argue, a great job playing. I know you and I will probably get into that yeah. later on, but I think Robert England does a great job. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. This movie, I think, is a great time. It has a lot of flaws, but that said, Freddy Krueger is one of my favorite slasher villains and was a big inspiration to me as a filmmaker, what with my short film, Pizza Face. So Yeah, yeah, that's like Freddy Krueger if it was just acne. Yeah. And he was even more pathetic. <laughs> well, I mean, Freddy is very pathetic. Yeah. I, anyway, I'm going to give it the same. An 8 out of 10. It's not great. I don't think it's a great movie, but... It's a solid watch. It's got some creepy moments. Yeah. And then there's two. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. And in the actual movie, it's spelled T-W-O. And on the poster, it's the number, which annoys me. And this is the weird one. This is the one about Freddy trying to possess a guy so he can come into the real world that none of the sequels acknowledge existing. Let's just get right into this next film. Opens up with this guy, Jesse, having a nightmare where Freddy Krueger is driving a bus and tries to kill them. Then he wakes up screaming like a bitch. His family does not give a shit about him screaming. He's like a typical high schooler. He is currently living in the same house that Nancy... It's unclear what happened to her at this point. They said she went insane and the mom committed suicide. Yeah, so Johnny Depp is dead and the mom is dead. So everything that happened before her telling Freddy he's just a nightmare actually happened. But Freddy wasn't just a nightmare and the final scene's not canon. Whatever, continuity's fucked. There's this guy, Jesse. He's in high school. He's gay. We'll get into that. But also, he has a girlfriend, and he makes best friend. But the problem is, he's having nightmares about Freddy Krueger wanting to be inside him, mm -hmm. is the best way to put yeah, that. Yeah, so essentially, the plot for this movie is Freddy Krueger is grooming Jesse to become a serial killer like him, and... Mm -hmm. Basically grooming him to become the perfect vessel for Freddy Krueger to re-enter the real world. Yeah. And in doing so, he has a lot of bizarre dreams. Freddy Krueger ripping his scalp, which reveals his brain. He dreams that a python is crawling onto him, but then it's revealed that it's not a dream. Yeah, there's an actual python that is just in the science class that someone, the bully, just in the middle of the day walks over, gets the snake, walks it over, puts it on his shoulder. The teacher doesn't notice. No one gives a shit. I'm glad Freddy kills all the teenagers in Elm Street. They suck. Or yeah. Springwood. Whatever. Jesse finds Nancy's diary and starts learning more about Freddy Krueger. Because apparently during the entire first movie, Nancy was writing in her diary about this entire experience. Giving Jesse enough exposition for the sequel. He goes to a punk gay bar where he runs into his abusive coach. Who makes him run laps in the school gym. And then he fucking 
BDSM kills him. Yeah. Almost kills his sister. And then at the end, he becomes possessed by Freddy and murders a bunch of people in real life. But his girlfriend saves him through the power of love and he comes out of inside Freddy. So, just right away, the good thing and the bad thing about this one. On one hand, it is the only one that isn't just the first movie again. It tries to do something different. Yes. And this idea of being possessed by a killer and him making you hurt your loved ones. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And... The guy who plays Jesse, I don't know his name, he does actually give a good heartbroken performance. And the bad thing is just, it's so weird from a continuity perspective because that's not how anything worked in the first movie or any of the other ones. Freddy's killing people out of dreams and then Jesse's standing there and then Freddy is like trying to possess him. Like, this is weird. It would have been maybe a better standalone, like replace Freddy Krueger with some other demon. Yeah, you see, that's one of my big problems with this movie is what makes Freddy Krueger scary is that he kills you in your sleep. But his entire plot throughout the entire movie is out of nowhere just, oh, he wants to return to the real world just so he can stab some real people in real life. Like, it's not really explained why he wants this. It's a very interesting concept, him grooming someone to become his vessel. Like, that in and of itself is interesting, but it's all very poorly executed. And in terms of being a horror movie, it does have some genuinely scary moments, like when he goes to his little sister's room in the middle of the night and talks to her in Freddy's voice. That's kind of creepy. But also, it has stuff like the family's parrot just exploding? Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. Part of me feels like the director of this movie had no clue how to shoot a horror movie, Mm -hmm. how to make a horror movie, Mm because I think you and I talked about it when watching this. It doesn't look like the Elm Street house at first. On, 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 like, when you're watching the movie, it doesn't look like the same house as the first movie, even though it's supposed, it is supposed to be. They remodeled it and also painted the door blood red, which continues in the sequels. But for me, the way this film is shot is such a departure of what the previous film was. The first one was shot like a horror movie. There's very dynamic lighting, dynamic shadows. It's very noir in and of itself, the first one at least. This one, however, Freddy's Revenge, is honestly shot like a sitcom. It's very well lit. Like, everything is incredibly well lit. It's like all bright and shit. And the camera, the way the camera is placed, a lot of it is in a wide shot of the entire set and following them around. It feels like an episode of The Big Bang Theory, honestly to me, visually at least. And that's a big part of a tone of the movie is the visual style of it. The other thing that we have to talk to in regards to this movie... So this movie is about being gay, and it's maybe not the best about that. Like, there's some undertones, and Wes Craven has confirmed this in interviews. Like, yeah, totally, that was what I was going for. Like, just, he's very much a stereotype of a closeted gay man, and he has a very close relationship with this other guy who he is eventually forced to kill, and he gets some really heartbroken acting that's actually good. His first murder, he meets his coach at a gay bar, then the coach makes him shower and, like, spanks his ass, and he, like, kills him. So, this movie... At least it's trying to be about something. 
Like, the first one was about not being able to tell reality from fiction, and this one's about being gay. Although, I would like to know, just because it's about something, eh, that doesn't necessarily make it good, because it's kind of homophobic. Like, in that it pairs him becoming a killer and him being gay together, and the climax, like, what saves him from being a killer is his love for his girlfriend. Like, I respect that it does something different, and it tries to have depth, although it's a bit questionable in its themes. True. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Though I will correct you a little bit and say Mm. I do not believe Wes Craven was very much involved in the production of this movie, so I don't think he would have... Who said that? It was someone. Maybe it was the director, because Wes Craven did not direct this movie. Okay, yes, it was the writer, just double check. Anyway, we're in the fucking weeds. Big thoughts on the quality of the film, Riley. Go. Well, I, I like what you said about just because it's about something doesn't mean that it's good. You know, mm-hmm. just because there is symbolism doesn't mean that it's good symbolism or it's done effectively. There are a lot of really good ideas in this movie, like Freddy Krueger's presence being symbolized by heat. Because mm-hmm. this entire movie, there's a heat wave inside the house. Every time Jesse wakes up, he's drenched in sweat, and the things in his room are melting. And the parrot fucking burst into flames, which was more funny than anything else. That and Freddy Krueger's, the way he goes about trying to turn someone into a vessel for him, they're both good ideas, but I don't think really either of them, the way they're executed, I don't think they really add much in the way of lore for this film. And I think for that, they are wasted potential. I think the practical effects in this one, I would argue are better in this film Mm -hmm. than they were in the first film. Particularly that opening scene of the bus falling into hell, like that was really well done. It's well done. It's ridiculous and stupid, but it's well done. Very true. And uh, I think that's probably because it had a higher budget than the Mm -hmm. first one. That said, one of the things I really liked about the first film was that it had such simplistic designs for the dreams. Like sometimes it was through the house or in the alleyway or whatever, like in the hallways of the school. But as the films go on, the dreams become so much more extravagant and Mm -hmm. over the top. I think I would personally argue that that is probably a detriment to the franchise. And I would like to note something that initially, much like the first one, made me go, oh, that's really good. Never mind. The ending of this movie has him like on a bus and like it's going fast. Like at the start, he's like, no, no, Freddy, he's going to kill me. But oh, it, everything's okay. So it shows that even though the monster's over, he's got PTSD. He's not the same after all this. And JK, it's still Freddy. Wahaha, going to hell. Yep. And in the opening scene, it's at night, except they didn't shoot it at night because it's just a blue filter on the camera. And that pissed me off. I also think that Freddy Krueger's makeup to mm-hmm. make him look burnt, it's not as good as the first one. No, it gets worse over time. Uh, yes, but I think this is probably my least favorite mm-hmm. of that because like in the first one, he's like gnarled. You can see the tendons and the burnt flesh and skin and stuff. In this one, he's just kind of blotchy and like a brown color and it just wasn't as good of makeup or scary. It just kind okay. of, just, whatever. But um, 
Last thoughts? There's not enough kills in this movie. Yeah, there's only really two. And yeah. then he slashes a few people at a party like he's fucking Jason. A film like this needs rules. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't really have any. We just know Freddy Krueger wants to possess this kid. We don't know why. We don't know how he's doing it. We just know he's doing it in order to do something that's out of character for him because the point of what he's trying to do is kill people through their dreams. No, he just comes to the real world and that completely defeats the purpose. So anyway, this completely takes the story in a different direction, which is a good idea in and of itself, but it leads to a just a poorly executed and missed opportunity of ideas. Also, none of the sequels really acknowledge this film so it's right now reviewing it i'm even questioning if it's canonical i don't know there was really good ideas but overall just such wasted potential i don't think it's as bad as everyone else claims it is because this is hated among Mm -hmm. many nightmare and elm street fans but i don't think it's that bad so i'm gonna give it a five out of ten i still think there's enjoyment to be had with it and there's still something there but it just wasn't executed properly. Honestly, it's grown a bit on me after I watched the next four, because at least it's different. At least it tried something. It failed horribly, but it's trying something interesting. So I don't know, a seven out of 10. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I would like to say also that what a lot of these horror movies try to do is they try to make them on the cheap, because you can make a slasher movie cheaply, and there's a greater reward with horror movies as well because they're very marketable. What a lot of these movies do is they will replace the cast with an entirely new cast every few movies, every other movie, whatever. So they tried to do that with this movie, especially with Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger. Like in Friday the 13th, there's been like seven people who have played Jason. But in Nightmare on Elm Street, for this one, for Freddy's Revenge, they tried to replace Robert England in order to do the same. Like, oh, he's demanding more money. Mm-hmm. So we just will fire him and get someone else. But because Freddy had so much personality that was created by Robert England, they couldn't replace him. Yeah. So Robert England, you cannot be replaced. Yeah. Except for in the movie where they replaced him. Yeah, but that movie's shit, so. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Freddy having personality, it gets more with each film. On to the third one. Freddy starts killing a bunch of teens at a mental hospital, but they have... Psychic powers. I was going to say a friend in the form of Nancy. Nancy's back! She's a psychologist now. How did she become a psychologist in six years? And she's helping these kids fight Freddy. And also, these kids start lucid dreaming to get powers in the dreams. And also the main character, Kristen, can pull other people into her dreams through something. Whatever. This is considered by many to be the only good sequel. And I think that the Dream Warriors is the best of the sequels, I would mm-hmm. argue. But that's not a high bar. That is not a high bar at all. But this is the film where Wes Craven rejoined the franchise because mm-hmm. he was not very much attached to the sequel. But he agreed to return to the franchise in order to expand on his original concept and the script that he sold to New Line Cinema. 
It also made sense for a business perspective for him because he made a lot of money off of this movie. Yeah, this film follows a group of kids in an insane asylum where Nancy is a psychiatrist working at and she eventually reveals that this group of kids, what would later become the Dream Warriors, are the last remaining children of Elm Street. Yeah. All their parents were responsible for killing Freddy Krueger by burning him alive for getting away yeah. with his crimes. It's weird that all these Elm Street kids can be sorted into two distinct groups based on age six years apart. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, how convenient. Freddy Krueger takes them all out one by one in very inventive and creative yeah, ways. Yeah, like judging them by the first murderers is a good way. That's a good contender for the best in the franchise. Like there's mm -hmm. this guy who is into puppets and Freddy in his dream stabs into his arms and then just controls him like a marionette and makes him walk to his death off a cliff as his friends watch from a window and scream at him. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not all of the deaths in this movie are, but that's good. I mean, we get shoved into TV, welcome to primetime, bitch. We get wizard boy cheesiness, and then Freddy making fun of him for being paralyzed before murdering him. Freddy kind of becomes really bigoted in the later movies. Very true, but he's also a child murderer. I know, it's not as big as him, but still. I would like to say, mentioning that, uh, welcome to prime time, bitch! That line was improv by Robert England on set. See, they couldn't replace him because yep. he came up with such beautiful dialogue. Yep, they just said, make some shit up, dude. And he said, welcome to prime time, bitch. The plot revolves around Nancy building a team of people with psychic abilities that once in their dreams are capable of fulfilling their greatest desires and basically becoming the Avengers going to battle yeah. against Except even then, their dream powers don't really amount to much. Like, ooh, I can backflip now. Ooh, I'm strong. And those are the two that- I can that stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Like, oh, I'm kung fu with knives. Cool, you're still dead because he's Freddy fucking Krueger. Yeah. The main character, Kristen, she has the power to bring other people into her dream and together they can team up and fight Freddy Krueger. Oh, uh, one thing we didn't mention, Larry Fishburne is in this movie as a forgettable side character. Yeah, you know, Larry Fishburne, that great actor, not Lawrence, Larry, and he's young and he isn't quite as good as he is as a fully grown man, but he's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think that was just mostly writing. He yeah, was just enough. an upcoming actor playing <laughs> a forgettable yeah. character in a horror movie. Yeah, but there's also a psychologist. What's his name? Like Neil or something? I don't remember. He starts getting visited by this ghost nun who finally reveals Freddy's origin. He wasn't just a child murderer. He was a child murderer who was the son of 100 rapists. And I'm going to save the stupidity of Freddy's origin for the fifth one, because that's when we actually see it. But it's dumb. And also it's eventually revealed that she's Freddy's mom. Yeah. 
I like how each movie, in a way, expands on Freddy Krueger as a character and as his lore. That said, that doesn't mean that it's done incredibly well. No. And, you know, honestly, this is the series-wide thing. I don't really like Freddy Krueger as a villain, and it gets worse as it goes on, because you got six films with the man, but they never really give him more depth than any of them. He's always just the evil slasher guy who cracks jokes, and that's fine, but I wish they over time did a little bit more. The sixth one is awful, but at least it at times attempted to give some depth to the guy. Very true. And there were unmade sequels planned for this franchise that I will like to I would like to go in. Oh good, good. Ones. They made a sequel to Freddy's Dead the Final Nightmare. He's dead for real now, boys. Well, there's sequels throughout this entire franchise. Okay. Point is, yeah, Nancy is staying awake permanently with Hypnosil, a fictitious drug that keeps you awake. Yeah, and hey, by the way, I would like to note Neil, who's maybe kind of a love interest to Nancy, like when he's talking to her, he notices it in her purse, then looks it up. Like, what the fuck, dude? Don't. Yeah, no. Th that, that's a major breach of privacy, man. Yeah, very true. Nancy and the Dream Warriors team up with Nancy's father, who she hasn't really had much contact with yeah. after the events of the first film. Yeah, he's um, a bit of a drunk now. And on instruction from Ghost Nun Mom, they give Freddy a proper burial, which will stop him from being a ghost. Mm -hmm. A lot of these movies are, oh, that's a good idea, but it's poorly executed, except for the first one, which was a good idea, well executed. I feel like this one, it starts very, very strong with introduction of a new setting, new cast of characters, some good murders. Towards the end, once they start fighting Freddy in the dream, it just goes downhill. Like, the end, what even is the ending of this movie? So, like, one of the main characters, Joe, is mute, and Freddy's about to kill them, but then he shouts in the dream, and it, like, destroys Freddy. Except, no, it didn't. But, oh, they're going to sanctify Freddy's bones, but, oh, his ghost flies out of the dream and possesses his own skeleton and beats up and kills Nancy's father. But then Nancy's father comes to her as a ghost. Psych, it's Freddy who anticlimactically kills Nancy, the survival of their first movie, for a reason. I don't know what that really added. But then they pour the holy water on the bones and then it just kind of ends. But then the stick figure of the Elm Street house that mm -hmm. Kristen was making, the window in the top floor lights up and ooh, Freddy Krueger's still alive. Yeah. That might be the lamest he's still alive they've ever done. Although that is a thing they do throughout the series that I do like. The sign that Freddy is going after someone is they start dreaming about the house on Elm Street. Very true. Or the girl's jumping rope. Yeah, what are those? I mean, I assume they're his original victims, but they never specifically say that, which is weird. Yeah, no. There's a lot of very inventive and fun kills in this movie. This was the movie where it has more of a balance between horrific Freddy Krueger horror and Freddy Krueger humor. There's a part where there's a junkie, a recovered heroin addict, and Freddy essentially kills her by turning his fingers into heroin needles and injecting them into her arms, which have like suckling open wounds that are like suckling for drugs and shit. Yeah, that was a weird kill. The guy in the wheelchair, I'm pretty sure is killed with Iron Maiden wheelchair. There's one guy, he's a big D 
D&D fan. He wears a giant Dracula cape. Yeah, yeah. Same guy is the wheelchair. Oh, like, is he? Oh. yeah, yeah, and that is so cheesy and dumb, but it's also kind of fun, like, just this kid, like, in the dreams, like, I can be whatever I want. I can be a wizard. Also, this is a movie written by people who have never played D&D and don't really know what it is, and it shows. Freddy Krueger's origin is pretty dumb, but really fucked up. And in a way, there's some enjoyment to be had with it if you turn your brain off, I guess. As much enjoyment you can have when learning that a child serial killer is the bastard child of a nun being raped by a hundred maniacs. Again, the special effects do improve with this movie. There's very good stop-motion animated skeleton, almost like Jason and the Argonauts. There's a lot of very inventive uses of practical effects, like at one point a giant Freddy Krueger snakehead is trying to consume Kristen. It's also in this movie that we learn the source of Freddy Krueger's power. Every soul he kills, he basically absorbs their power into himself and he rips off his shirt to reveal an entire human faces all over his yeah, just chest. All the souls of his dozens of victims. It's nice. Also, I would like to say as our timer is running down, really nice thing about this movie I just like and I'm sappy for that kind of thing is that the kids are taking shifts keeping each other awake and protecting each other like that's nice the yeah. doctors don't believe them they say that that one guy killed himself because he was a coward that's a good psychologist at this hospital who keeps her job yeah final thoughts I think the characters and their powers are Cool and fun, if not rather one note. I do think this is the best of the sequels, like we mentioned earlier. That's not exactly a high bar, but, you know, it's it's something. It has a great soundtrack by the rock band Dokken, and Wes Craven did his best to expand on his original idea. Unlike the previous one, it does add a lot to the lore and the story. It has a lot of very fun, cheesy kills. Honestly, this one's just, it's after a great original, lackluster sequel, and it's like, let's just have some 80s horror fun. Mm -hmm. You know, let's have some really inventive kills. We have the budget, we have the resources to do that, but I don't know. Much like the first one, it's not great, but it's a lot more fun. I would argue. Again, a lot of plot holes, suffers from a lot of the same flaws that the first one has, but overall, I think this movie is just a good balance between <laughs> fun horror and Freddy Krueger slasher serial killer horror. And your score? Uh, I'm probably gonna give it a seven out of 10. It's fun. I give it a six, it's fine. Yeah. It's not great, but in hindsight, it could have been a lot worse. Oh, yeah. As we get into the fourth one. The one where they recast Kristen. Uh-huh. This with, is the Dream Master, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they all have dumb towels. It begins with Kristen. She's in high school. She has new friends. And she starts dreaming about Freddy again. And then the movie, it just begins with him killing off the survivors from the last one. He just stabs Kincaid, which is lame. We get to see Freddy come back to life by Kincaid's dog pissing on his grave and the piss turns into fire and Freddy's back. Whatever the fuck. And Joe, 
Joe's death is the best because they reused it. In the third one, like a hot nurse comes to him, but surprise, it's me, Freddy. I'm the hot lady with the nice titties that you like. And then in this one, a hot woman comes into his room to have sex with him and you won't believe who it is. Freddy Krueger. Only this time, he drowns Joey in a waterbed. Yeah, as opposed to leaving him alive as bait, which failed in the last one. Also, I guess Freddy's mom was just full of shit. Everyone died to destroy Freddy's spirit, but he's still alive. Thanks, Mrs. Krueger. But yeah, we got a new cast. We're on to, what is this, our fourth fucking cast of right. teenagers. As it goes on, I just lose the ability to care about them. Right. Freddy Krueger kills the Dream Warriors, thereby mm -hmm. ending his entire quest for revenge by taking all the lives of the kids, of the parents that killed him. Which begs the question, why is he going after Alice, the new character, Kristen's boyfriend's sister? Yeah, I don't know, because he's a child murderer. Yeah. And he just needed a new set of victims. This is actually interesting. He tricks Kristen into dragging Alice into the dream, so Alice knows about him, so he can kill Alice. Except, like, Nancy didn't know about him. Kristen didn't know about him. I mean, this is obviously after Nancy's dead. Uh, they recast Kristen as an actress who looks exactly like her, by the mm -hmm. way. I'd like to throw that out there. And if you haven't guessed, that's sarcasm in my voice. Apart from the fact that she's blonde, she looks nothing like the original Kristen. Anyway, he one by one kills the remaining dream warriors and all the powers and habits of the previous dream warriors like Kincaid, Joey, Kristen, all that, they become imbued into Alice, the younger sister of Kristen's then boyfriend who in doing so, becomes the dream master. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just every time Freddy kills one of her friends, she gets her skills. Like, you killed my brother who was good at karate? Oh, but I'm good at karate now, Freddy. Oh, you killed my nerdy friend who had like two lines? Well, now I'm smart and I can use this bug zapper as a laser on you? What the fuck? Yeah, so Freddy kills the Dream Warriors. He said that like five times. Shut up. From there, it goes to Freddy one by one tormenting Alice and killing off all of her friends. This is also after Kristen's mom drugs her. Oh yeah, what the... Jeez, I forgot about that. What the fuck? So, like, Kristen stops sleeping because Freddy murdered her friends. Mm -hmm. So Kristen's mom's like, oh, you need sleep, so I'm gonna drug you. And then Kristen dies in her sleep because she knew what she was talking about. Like, that's the biggest problem of this movie, not just because it invalidates everything about the third one's ending. The fact that it has to kill off the old cast slows it down so much. Like, the first quarter of this movie is just wrapping up loose ends and that time could have been used to develop these new characters for us to care about but no and after that it's just the same shit it's freddy going around murdering teenagers and eventually it has an ending where he gets killed for reals this time i would like to say as this franchise goes on at least for this and the next one the kills are really, really creative. They're not scary. They're not. This is the point where the filmmakers forgot that they were making a horror movie and just made a movie where a weird guy who controls reality 
does weird shit. Like, there's a part where... This is after the scene where they go to the Elm Street house just for the sole purpose of having a conversation about everything we knew about Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. and Elm Street and whatever. But from there, Freddy Krueger kills Kristen. I'm pretty sure he kills Kristen by her falling asleep after being drugged by her mom. She dreams of being on a beach and then Freddy Krueger becomes a fucking sand shark on fire and then bursts out of the sand, knocks her around a little bit, puts on some sick shades, and then fucking drowns her in sand. Oh yeah, that's when he burns her to death in a giant furnace right after she ejects all of her powers onto Alice. And I don't really give a shit about these new characters. The only movies where I really care about the cast are two and three, and I kind of care about Nancy in the first one, but I just, I'm burned out by the time the fourth one rolls around. Well, we got two more, my guy. I know. There's some creative deaths. One of the girls is a weightlifter. She's lifting weights, and then her elbows snap, which is really cool. But then she turns into a cockroach for some reason. I don't fucking know. And then, and then Freddy picks up a giant cockroach trap and crushes it. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure, whatever. Because that's there dumb. was because there was one throwaway line earlier in the movie. Where oh, she's like, my basement has a cockroach problem. Oh, well, that makes it great. That makes it a really good ironic punishment. Hey, want to talk about Alice's brother's death? It's the worst in the franchise. So, like, he dreams he's in a bathroom stall and. Then his sister and a bunch of cheerleaders come in. Then the bathroom stall turns into an elevator that goes into space. But then he's in the dojo where Freddy is talking to him in a Japanese voice where he's pronouncing his L's like R's. Because Freddy's fucking racist. I'm surprised he didn't do anything racist to Kincaid when he murdered him. And then, like, this guy gets into a fist fight with an invisible Freddy Krueger. What? God damn, this movie sucks. Yeah, this is also after the scene where the brother teaches Alice how to karate kick, or Mm -hmm. rather tries to teach her and yeah. she kicks her shoe into the fucking fish yeah. tank. Freddy invisibly kills this kid while using a very stereotypical yeah. Asian accent. Yeah. At one point in this movie, he explains to Alice... Actually, that's probably the best part, that he tells Alice, I'm killing your friends because you think about them. Ha ha ha. And he shows this off by pulling out a pizza that has their faces on them. Yes, that, again, very creative. This is also after he kills the nerdy girl with asthma with a fucking robot claw, bloody pen, and... uh, The greatest weapon of all. Pucker up, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or something su- like that. He, he kisses a girl to death. He sucks the life out of her. And then once Alice is having a dream in the diner, she pulls out a pizza where the sausages are the heads of her friends. Yeah. And he picks one out and eats him. Yeah. Which, by the way, I wonder how that prop tasted for Robert England. I don't know. But um, I will say one actually good idea is... Freddy almost kills boyfriend man. I don't remember the names at this point. Mm-hmm. He almost kills Alice's boyfriend. He, like, makes him crash his truck. Side note, he does the same thing in the fifth one, make that guy crash his truck. But 
Alice's boyfriend ends up in the hospital and she's like, no, you can't take him under because he'll get killed in his sleep. But they have to. They have to put him on anesthesia to do surgery. Mm -hmm. And that leads to the climax where she dives into the dream to stop Freddy. And I will admit, this movie is shit. But the climax is very good where she kills Freddy by holding up a mirror to him, which makes all the souls within him tear him apart. I don't know how it works from a war perspective, but it's very well shot. Just the camera goes inside him, passing through all the faces, and then they tear him apart. Like, that was cool. That was incredibly well done. The practical effects, like seeing all the people like push their limbs through his skin and then like pin him down to the fucking wall while Alice is fighting with him in the church. I remember I told you, I was like, this movie is the worst one we've seen so far, but goddamn, that is the coolest thing in this entire franchise. Yeah. And I would argue it is, of the six that we've seen, this is the peak for me in terms of Balls to the wall awesomeness. Excuse me, are you saying that the Power Glove murder and Super Freddy aren't amazing? Okay, the the Power Glove is amazing. <laughs> but uh, and Super Freddy is pretty good. I'd say I'd say they're all top three. But seeing Freddy get ripped apart by the souls of his victims inside of him trying to escape, and then he explodes and all the souls are ejected onto Freed, essentially. That was fucking cool, man. This is also the movie where Freddy puts them in a fucking loop. Like, she gets into her boyfriend's car, and then they drive away, but then, again, it, like, shows up, and she does that exact same scene happens, like, two more times, and then, eventually, she's like, wait, we've done this before. Oh my god, we're asleep, and Freddy is controlling our dreams. That was really confusing and really stupid. He makes the boyfriend crash the car. Boyfriend's alive. Freddy Krueger basically does an inception hospital hallway where he like spins the walls around them or essentially was a circular tube. And also Alice like suits up with all of her friend's stuff. Mm -hmm. Uses the fucking bug e-meter as a fucking laser cannon. Yeah, sure. Why not? Fight in the church. Uh, she beats him with a nursery rhyme and a mirror, which causes all the souls to free themselves. And all the souls are free. How do, What's the cliffhanger for this one again? Oh, like her and her boyfriend are like, yay, Freddy's dead. Let's walk by this fountain. Reflection of Freddy. Yes, that's the one. So when it comes to final thoughts, this is the beginning of the end. This is when the franchise takes a big nosedive. That said, I had a really fun time watching moments of it. This was the first film, and this would later go on for all the sequels. This is the one where Robert England got top billing, and he would for the rest of the franchise, because at the point, the studio was even like, all right, they're coming to see Freddy. So let's just showcase as much Freddy as we can. The resurrection of Freddy Krueger is fucking hilarious to me. Just a dog's fire piss. I mean, who knew dogs could get hepatitis, am I right? Get it? Because it, it burns his pee-pee? I, I, I got the joke, Riley. Did you? Did the audience? The Dream Warriors are killed off, which really fucking sucks, because they 
like I said, were likable, and I think that they could have conceivably continued on the franchise with these characters, developed them, fleshed them out, made us care about them, but no, <laughs> nope. nope, they just killed them off right away. And like I said, what was the point of Freddy Krueger, like, going out? I know we've talked about, like, oh, yeah, he's a killer, that he's just doing Well, that's his thing. thing. Like, at this point, like, it's it's not about revenge. It's not about the weird shit he was into in the second one. It's just, he's the slasher. He's going around murdering people. And you said at the start, like, the reason why Freddy was successful is because he was different from Jason and Michael Myers, who are just random murderers, that he was more psychological. But by the end of the series, no, he isn't. He's just a random slasher villain. And that's at the detriment of the franchise. Alice inheriting all the powers is an interesting idea. The problem is, I don't think she's a great character. No, Alice is just... Yeah. She's fine, I guess. But there is a moment where it does look like they're going to continue on what Freddy's revenge started. When Freddy says in the diner after eating her friend's head sausage, mm, he goes... Sausage. <laughs> He says, now go get me more. Again, that could be them continuing that idea yeah. of using her as a vessel, but nope, that goes nowhere. Yeah. The kills don't have much blood in this movie. Like at one point, Kincaid gets stabbed in the abdomen and there's barely any blood. Yeah, like, I genuinely thought, wait, so Kincaid's still alive? Oh, but no, no, he, he just got stabbed and didn't bleed out. There are times in this movie where it's hard to tell when you're in the real world and when you're in the dream, like, the cinematography and the editing just don't do a great job of differentiating between the two. That ending with Freddy Krueger being ripped apart by the souls in, that are powering him, that is some damn good effects yeah. right there. It keeps this movie from being the worst one, very slightly. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, how does this stack up? Honestly, I feel like this movie is really bad, though I think the third act has a lot of really cool stuff. And there are some cool moments. Honestly, I'm glad I watched it, but I'm probably never going to watch it again. Also, a lot of the dream scenarios were improvised on set due to a writer's strike at the time. So that probably had a factor in why this movie is just not incredibly well written at all. But point is, they were working with an incomplete script. That said, while I did have some fun moments in this movie, it's not a good movie. I'm probably never going to watch it again apart from those scenes. So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. It's yeah. very forgettable with yeah. some cool moments. I don't know, 5 out of 10. It's getting to the point where it's really bad, but I need to differentiate between this level of bad and the sixth movie's level of bad. So this one scrapes by with a 5. Now on to number 5, The Dream Child. Oh, man, this one started out so good, and oh boy. The silhouette of high school graduates who were 18 at this point. I'd like to throw that out there. Yeah, silhouettes of them fucking and conceiving a child. Okay, that wasn't what I meant. I had such high hopes for this, because it's called The Dream Child, and it begins with, spoilers, Alice getting... Wait, why am I saying spoilers? It's the first scene in the movie. It's called The Dream Child. It starts with Alice getting pregnant, and I'm like, 
oh, Freddy's going to, like, possess her baby. That's such an interest. No, no, that isn't what happens in this movie. This movie's a fucking disappointment. Yeah. But, yeah, it begins with Alice fucking her boyfriend, and then she goes to take a shower, and Freddy's back, and he drowns her in her shower. She doesn't open the door or swim up because she's dumb. Well, she tries to open the door, but it's locked. She doesn't swim up, though. I will say at this point, I know I joked a lot with you about this being Nightmare on Elm Street meets Rosemary's Baby, Mm -hmm. but it's just a failure of both of them. It's a failure of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and it's a failure at a ripoff of Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. Like, it is laughably bad. Alice is still alive. She is graduated high school. After the dream drowning in the shower, she finds herself in the dream or in a memory of Freddy Krueger's mom, Amanda Krueger, who was a nun at the asylum where she was sexually assaulted well, by a hundred men. Yeah, and it was Christmas time and everyone was waiting to go home. <laughs> yeah, so can we talk about Freddy Krueger's origin? Yes. It's said in the third one and we actually see it in the fifth one. But what the fuck is this? So, first off, this asylum, which I don't think they had asylums like that in the 20s or whatever. This, when, was, a, this was the 40s. Yeah, I don't know when Fred Krueger was born. The point is, I don't think they had asylums like that back then. Those existed at one point, but not yeah. anymore by the 1940s. Yeah, by the 1940s and 50s, it was all about lobotomies, man. Yeah. It was about, like, you had a mental health. Yeah, the mental let's health. Let's fucking cut that piece of your brain out. Mental health services in the 40s fucking cool. stuck. But my point is, they did not just have a pit where they put 100 psychopath rapists. Yeah. And then... They go home for the weekend after accidentally walking in one of the nurses. Apparently they just leave the inmates there all weekend. Okay. Fend for yourselves, dudes. I, I just, what the, who, what, oh my god, this is so stupid. Although I would like to note, it gets the best part of this movie. After the last two ones, this one is a big step up in actually being shot in a creepy way. There's a lot of good set building. Some real production design. Yeah, some great murders. Like her boyfriend who, again, just kill off the character who survived and invalidate the last movie. When the boyfriend dies, it's probably my favorite kill in the series. He's riding his motorcycle and then his motorcycle like fuses into him, turns him into a ghost rider hellraiser metal thing and then crashes it's horrifying it's great yeah yeah isn't that the part where essentially alice is away and all of her new group of friends which i I would just like to say after everything that alice went through in the last movie she just went right back to high school Made, yeah. made an entirely new group of friends. She replaced per- them. Perfectly moved on from all of her friends that were savagely murdered. Yeah, she just way. replaced her fucking friends with new ones. Yeah. Who I'm, are eh, fine, I'm, but like how we watch these, we watch four and five in the same night, and oh god, that is a bad idea. Well, I mean, I feel like Dream Master and Dream Child are most like similar to each other. They're both bad. Point is, I'm glad we got them out of the way yeah. in one night. The biggest question is, which of these is the worst? And I go back and forth. Oh, trust me, I know which one's my least favorite. Yeah. So, the plot of this movie. 
Alice is pregnant. She's a few days pregnant, we would like to note. <laughs> and when we see, like, the images, the laser baby... Ultrasound. Ultrasound. When we see, like, the ultrasounds and their dream visions, that is a third trimester probably right about to be born baby after three days. I don't think the filmmakers understand pregnancy. They say, oh, he's really developed. Yeah, he is. He's nine months along in a week. Yeah. And she doesn't show it all. But the point is, it isn't Freddy possessing the baby like I thought and was excited. Mm -hmm. It's Freddy... Using the dreams of the unborn child. Yes, who is a week old and would not have a brain at that point and would not dream. That only happens in the third trimester. But like the point is, the point is, in the last one, Freddy needed Alice to go from dreams to dream because he can only just naturally go into the dreams of the Elm Street kids. So now he has to have a vessel and he's going to use the baby as that. And then... It just doesn't do much after that. That's just... No. This movie doesn't really have much of a plot. Amanda, Freddy's ghost mom, is back. Doesn't really apologize for fucking up in the third one. And she says, Oh, you need to uh, uh, bury me properly, and then I can kill Fred. No, you fucking won't. That was really stupid. Added to the fact that it's in the opening scene. That subplot is set up. They have to find... Amanda Kruger's remains and bury them to lay her to rest, which will allow her to defeat Freddy. That subplot is introduced. It's like an hour into the movie until it's brought up again. Yeah. That that's what they need to do. I will say there are some good murders in this. Yes. Like one friend who has an abusive mom who forcibly watches her wait. Like she gets yes. chained down and stuffed full of food as her mother watches her. That's horrifying. Yes. Yeah. The comic book fan, he like escapes the first meeting with Freddy. And then in the second one, he turns himself into his comic book OC, who has a really lame design, but whatever. And Very he... successful in the 90s, that's what you Yeah, mean. yeah. I said he'd be successful in the 90s, but then I realized, no, he can draw feed. But anyway, he turns into a superhero and fights Freddy Krueger, who is Freddy Man, the supervillain. And then he gets take on Mead. He gets turned into paper and cut apart. And it's dumb, but it's cool looking, and yeah. I wish they kept it for the whole scene. Yeah, he fucking gets take on Mead when he fucking is brought into a giant paper 2D world and turns into a superhero and fights giant Freddy Krueger who's not played by Robert England. Again, this movie's just, how can we kill teenagers in fun and eventful ways? The diving board kill, where the, the diving board turns into a giant fist that closes. Yeah, and she jumps off of it and, oh, that would be good. Like, knock her out while she's on the diving board and then make her jump and then she hits the ground. Cause like, in the first one, he had some plausible deniability. Like he strangled a man to death and then hung his body up so people wouldn't realize he's real. Yeah. So that would be getting back to that. That would be horrifying, jumping off the diving board onto concrete. But no, she hits a puddle and then goes into Freddy's lair. Like what? You could have the, killed her. It's not even the It's lair. a hot tub. Yeah. He has a hot tub. Okay, it's like the water from a boiler, but he has a fucking hot tub in his lair now. Yeah. And it's not even his lair. It's the asylum that his mother worked at. Right. His lair before that was like that weird 
dystopian like manufacturing thing. Yeah, they keep changing Freddy's lair. Is it the house on Elm Street? Is it the factory he was murdered, which is shown to be a house in the sixth one for some reason? Is it the church where his mother worked? Is it the asylum? Keep it fucking straight where he's dragging people. Like, what, are you burning down the sets? Oh, this is also the one where Freddy is resurrected when the memory of his mother giving birth to him gives birth to this tiny crack baby fetus, Freddy, where he crawls to the church where he was killed in the last one, crawls into his clothes, and then while Alice watches, he just returns back to his normal self. It's a boy! Despite the fact that his left arm is really long for no reason whatsoever. I don't fucking know. I don't know. The climax of this one is while her friend is going to, like, go fix Freddy's mom so she can kill Freddy for real, guys. Oh, and uh, also there's an entire, there's a very miniature subplot where Alice keeps seeing this little kid named Jacob. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. She keeps seeing Jacob, who is, like, his soul is a nine-year-old who appears in her dreams. I don't know. And she doesn't even name him Jacob eventually, which is weird. But she keeps seeing Jacob, her future child, who is, like, a week developed. Hope she doesn't have a fucking miscarriage from all the stress, because that would make all this very awkward. But, like, he keeps talking to her. And then in the climax... Jacob, like, distracts Freddy by saying, Hey, Mr. Kruger, like, teach me to be a serial killer. Now I'm blessed like you. Mm -hmm. Although in the climax, there was some cool MC Escher shit with the church just distorting. Mm -hmm. And, like, Freddy tries to fuse with Alice and there's some great body horror. Yeah. This one's very well shot, but it's horribly written. Yes. The part where Freddy is, like coming out of Alice's face and their face is like the skin is intertwined with each other and stretching. That was really effective yeah, that's some, body horror. That's some fucking thing shit. That's great. Yeah, so Shame that it's in a terrible package. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that Freddy is trying to manipulate this kid and turn him into like another version of him again really great idea of freddy trying to continue his legacy but it's just not done effectively and also another idea that's not done effectively i like this idea of yvonne the only remaining friend trying to find amanda kruger's body in real life in the asylum while also Alice is going through the dream asylum yeah. fighting Freddy Krueger. It's great. It's the same shit as the third one, though. They already use that. True, but I like the idea of them going back and forth between the dream world and the real world. Mm-hmm. That said, it was not edited well at all. No. Like, it spends most of the time in the dream world, and every once in a while it'll cut to... Her, she taps a corpse on the shoulder. The corpse disappears. Amanda Kruger returns, goes to the dream, while the three souls of Alice's friends that were murdered, like, fucking umbilical cord, pull him by his back back to Amanda Kruger, who reabsorbs him in her womb and then locks him in the asylum. And that's how the movie ends. Alice gives birth to her kid, who she names Jacob. Her, Yvonne, and her dad and the kid are all living happily, but those little girls are 
jumping rope in the park. Those could have just been little girls. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Good. Although Freddy does come back in the sixth one somehow, because the sixth one isn't even a continuation. It's its own thing. Right. It's just like ten years later. So anyway, Freddy's killed all the kids now. Let's get into the last. Oh wait, no, we need to give final thoughts and scores. Yes, with this one again. I have a lot of similar feelings between the last one and this one. Again, there's even more wasted potential. Like I said, this could be a Rosemary's Baby of Nightmare on Elm Street, but it just squanders its potential. The effects are really inventive and very fun, but not scary at all. It's, it's like what I thought about the last one turned up to 11. It's got a handful of fun moments wrapped up in a really shitty package that squanders really good ideas. The Amanda Kruger subplot is weird and not very well executed. The plot is very convoluted. Don't give a shit about the characters. Again, I don't see myself rewatching this movie except for a couple really interesting kills that are really good special effects. And yeah, I'm probably gonna give this movie a three and a half out of 10. It's really bad. But, like I said, some fun moments. And apart from those fun moments, I'm probably going to completely forget about this movie. Also, the Hellraiser-style death. That was pretty cool. I'm yeah. a fan of Hellraiser. I mean, this is, I think this is the anti the fourth one. The fourth one was awful at the beginning, but actually had a pretty good climax. This one started so strong and then went to fucking hell. It's awful. I don't know which is worse. Maybe this one's slightly, but they're both fucking awful. And also the sixth one. It's a five. Let's go on to six. It ain't getting a six. Oh, oh God. This one of this main series, this is my least favorite. This I is... think this one is the worst of the entire franchise up to this point. God, this one's awful. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Yeah, because screw having your titles have a pattern. So this one opens 10 years after the last one. Presumably there were like five movies off screen. So Freddy has killed every single teenager in town. Yeah, and... Personally, I know I joked about this, but it's never stated otherwise. I think he killed every single teenager in Ohio. But no, he didn't. Why are you harping on this? We see other teens from Ohio. Exactly. It's poor writing. Oh my fucking god. So he kills all the teenagers in Ohio. Fuck, you got me doing it. He kills all the teachers in Springwood, except one who he erases the memory of and then sends into the city. I don't know, fucking Cleveland. Why not? Yeah, so... And he ends up at the center for, like, lost youth. And they're like, oh, you're from this one town? Let's go there to uncover your memory. Because screw having a different setting and doing something interesting. Let's just go back to Elm Street. Yeah, so the film opens up with this John Doe character in an airplane that crashes. He wakes up in a house that is sucked into the air in a tornado. And Freddy Krueger's introduction is him on a broomstick wearing a witch's hat saying, I'll get you my pretty and your little soul too. That's where the franchise has fallen. That's I got how far the franchise has fallen by this point. 
Yeah, and that brings us into one of the big problems with this movie. It doesn't know how to kill characters. All the death scenes go on way too long. Like, okay, so he's in an airplane crash. Psych, he's in a house in a tornado and Freddy's Wicked Witch. Psych, he's getting hit by a bus that hits him into the real world. Like, and this fucking continues. Like, the second death of the deaf guy. It has, like, ten places where it can end. It starts out strong with, like, just him losing his hearing aid and then the only sounds is heartbeat but then oh no freddy's gonna drop these pins oh no freddy's scratching a chalkboard like just learn to end your fucking scenes all these deaths go on for like 10 fucking minutes because yeah. at this point that's all they had was creative deaths no plot this movie's held together with duct tape right that kill of him enlarging the guy's eardrum and scratching the chalkboard to explode his head. Again, interesting. But like you were saying, me giving a synopsis of what that kill is took like maybe 10 seconds. The movie goes like 10 minutes at least. Yes. Around. I know I'm exaggerating. And this around. movie, it feels so much like filler. Like they go back to Springwood where all the adults are crazy because all the kids are. And they establish this this horrifying that these people have been driven insane by the loss of their children by having Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold show up and be unfunny. Yeah, Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold just make cameos in this movie because of all the people that could have made cameos yeah. in this movie, it's fucking Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. Yeah, and but Alex they, Cooper out of nowhere. Yeah, Alex Cooper shows up in the scene. But anyway, what I was getting at is at the start of this movie, the new psychologist character and John Doe they go back to Springwood to find out, like, where he's from. But oops, three other teens snuck aboard the van to go there because we need Freddy to kill people. Like, those characters exist just so they can be killed. Like, so many characters in the later movies, there aren't even characters there. This character exists so Freddy can kill someone. They don't have any other role in the plot. Right. And this kid, John Doe, who doesn't have a name, they eventually find out that Freddy Krueger had a child. While he was killing all those other kids, he was married with a child, and John Doe believes that he is that child. However, after Freddy kills him by snapping the wires of his parachute in the dream, and then fucking pushes a bed of spikes onto the road, which, by the way, this movie, at this point, we've talked about this movie, this franchise becoming more and more cartoony. This movie is a straight-up Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> it is, like, but it doesn't, it doesn't go full into it. It still tries to be creepy, and it fails horribly, and, like, yeah. 60% of each movie is just bad horror, yeah. and then you get the Freddy killing people that's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he cuts a guy's parachute off, then pushes a bed of spikes on him. And then in the real world, he just has a bunch of puncture wounds all over yeah. him. But from there, we learn that John Doe, the kid with amnesia, he's not Freddy Krueger's child. The therapist, she was Freddy Krueger's daughter. And she has amnesia from her experiences with her father. Because she eventually uncovers, has flashbacks of growing up with Freddy Krueger as her dad. Which, you and I talked about this. Freddy Krueger is creepier without the makeup. Yeah, like, this movie made me realize that Robert England was wasted. Like, his best acted scene in the series is at the end when his daughter is about to kill him and he, like, tries to convince her, like, the, the, they forced me to be a killer. I just, 
I want to love you and be your father. Come here, sweetie. And it's creepy and it's terrifying more than he ever is. They wasted that man. He's good as a creepy villain, as just this father who is secretly murdering children. They should have done a prequel about that instead of done this bullshit where halfway through they reveal the new boring character with no foreshadowing is actually Freddy's daughter. Mm -hmm. Also, Freddy without his makeup kind of looks like Kevin Spacey, which is oddly fitting. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. Side note, uh, from what I've seen and heard, uh, Robert England is an incredibly nice guy oh i'm sure which is interesting because i feel like a lot of people who regularly play villains they're really nice people in real life whereas the nice people are assholes in real life yeah except kevin spacey who played a lot of villains yep which side note you're absolutely right they should have made an origin story of freddy krueger which i will get into that after this review about the unmade sequels but there's a scene where it's a flashback to the therapist's childhood and the mom walks out of the basement and is like, Freddy, what have you been doing down there? Which is weird because you assume she found all the bodies of the kids he murdered. I mean, put him in the furnace. That said, it was established previously in the franchise that he killed all those kids at his place of employment, the factory. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Also, they retcon it. It gives us a lot of flashbacks about Freddy's backstory. And we see one where he murders his wife because she finds out that he's a serial killer. That was good. We actually see him die. That was not good. A, because it's retconning him. He's just in his house now. But B, because right before he dies, three demon spirits who look like jizz come up and like, yes, I, yes, give me Dream Master powers and it's awful fucking special effects. Yes, there is that scene where after the wife comes out out of the basement, she says, I won't tell anybody. Fuck you, ma'am. I'm sorry. Your husband's a serial killer, and you won't tell him? Fuck yeah. you. Also, speaking of... You deserve to die. Yeah, speaking of dumb flashbacks, there's a flashback of Freddy as a little kid, and they like to say, oh, he was bullied because his mother was raped a lot, <laughs> and that's why... <laughs> and that's why he's a serial killer. And to establish this, they show, like, I don't know, fucking eight-year-old Freddy. In class, he goes up to the hamster cage, takes it out, Pulls a sledgehammer out of his pocket and smashes the hamster and no one gives a shit. They just all chant, son of a hundred maniacs, son of a hundred maniacs. And we also get a scene where actually Freddy's a serial killer because his adopted father, Alice Cooper, was abusive and like beat him and that was his first murder. Like, whatever. I don't give a shit about anything in this movie. That's the problem with the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I just stop caring. When you kill off every character that survives, then I don't care about these characters. And they get worse and worse as time goes on. I'm just, I'm done by the time of the sixth. It's terrible. Freddy has demon powers, which actually kind of makes sense, but it's poorly executed. His death is lame. His daughter throws a pipe bomb at him because they just have fucking bombs in this shelter. And he explodes and then his head, rotoscoped on, like flies forward. And then out of its mouth comes like three more heads. 
There was the power glove death where a guy gets turned into a video game and Freddy references a failed Nintendo accessory. Like, this one's just stupid and crappy. Yeah, this one is just pure comedy, but it's not really funny. It's just stupid. Again, there's some sense of enjoyment to be had, but even less so because it's just doing it so incompetently. Mm -hmm. That scene you mentioned with the fucking ghost dream sperm, that was an interesting and huge development in the lore and the story. How did Freddy Krueger get his powers? Oh, this fucking Lovecraftian psychic force gave him his abilities as he was dying. Oh no, that's just a oh, fucking throwaway half a scene. And then when he's exploded, all those demons just are ejected from his body. And then this is the last movie that we see ever hear or see of them. I don't know, that could have been more of an explanation of Freddy Krueger, but nope, just throwaway scene. He's dead now for real, guys. Yeah. Don't watch Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, they kill Freddy by the therapist pins him to the wall and sticks dynamite in him and he blows up and the last words are, Freddy's dead. And then the movie just cuts to black. Yeah. Cut it several. It doesn't do that he's still alive because he's totally dead this time because the franchise got canceled for being shitty. And the credits are just a montage of him murdering people in past movies. Yep. It feels like a conclusion, except this movie doesn't carry on any plot threads from past movies. It feels yeah. throwaway. Right. It doesn't give a resolution. The climax is about a character we've never heard of before. It's just a terrible ending to the series. Right, exactly. Like, you mentioned it earlier, like, this is like the third or fourth cast of characters, so mm -hmm. why the fuck should I care? Why the fuck should I care? And honestly, that's very true. Like, three continues on the story of one. Four and five continue on that story and those characters. Yeah, they each have a different cast of characters, but they all, in a way, build off each other. This one is an entirely different group of characters. It's an entirely different story, different lore. And it, it, it tries to do that, like, in this clever way of, ooh, this is like the untold story. But it just doesn't do that well. It's, at this point, honestly, what it is, it's a poorly written story even more so than the previous installments into this franchise. And How it's is just that like, possible? Exactly. How do they keep getting worse? We don't care about, like, legitimately, we do not care or enjoy the story or the characters anymore at this point. We don't care about his daughter, despite the fact that that is a huge revelation to the story. It's just bad, man. This one is the worst in the entire franchise. It's a whole new cast of characters, which is the fourth cast of characters, mm -hmm. and so no one cares about. No, who the fuck cares about yeah. them? Same with Freddy's Revenge. Though I think Freddy's Revenge is a better film than this. Yeah. You know what I just realized, like, as we're talking about this, how they could connect it? Like, a character in this movie, she has, like, a friend who is a psychologist who, like, meets with the kids and cares about them and is, like, into dreams. Hey, maybe make him be, like, the doctor from the third one or Warren's Fishburne, who they could not afford, admittedly. No. But, like, no, it's just new characters. Everything in this movie is new. There's no continuation. It's just, God, it's bad. Yeah. I don't know. The kills are very, very plentiful. There's a lot of kills in there, this movie. Actually, there isn't a lot of kills. There's just really long kills, like four True. of them. True. I mean, the kills are... Let me rephrase. The kills are very over the top. Mm -hmm. There may not be, like, 
terms of quantity compared to some other films in this franchise, but the scale of them is incredibly large. That said, that's not necessarily a good thing, you know? Again, it's not scary, it's just stupid fun, and at this point, I'd argue it's just too stupid. There's a point where you can have dumb fun, but then there's a point where it's just like off-puttingly dumb. You know, it's not like a fun horror comedy. It's a fucking Roadrunner cartoon that doesn't even go all the way in that. Freddy Krueger having a daughter. This film exploring his lore with his wife, his family, the dream sperm, essentially, that gave him all his powers are really interesting. But again, so wasted. About 10% of this movie was filmed for 3D, but it looks like shit. You remember the therapist she puts on those glasses? Yeah, what the fuck? I wonder what that was. Yeah, it's because the film was filmed in... So they had a character wear 3D glasses for part of it? Yep. God, this movie sucks. Just give it a number so we never have to think about it again. Yeah, it is a terrible ending to a franchise that had just died by this point. Yeah. One interesting fact, uh, the original script for this movie had John Doe as... Jacob, Alice's son. That would have been better, because he already had a connection to Freddy. Mm -hmm. Ooh, or maybe, hey, that would be a thing. You could have them bond, because Jacob was kind of Freddy's kid, because of Freddy, like, influencing him as a child, and then Freddy's long last stop. No, no, it's just, he's just a random guy Freddy kills. I don't know, like I said, I had some fun with the last two, even though they were terrible movies. This one, wasn't really even that fun. It was just bad, unforgivably bad. So for that reason, honestly, I'm gonna give it a two out of 10. It is really bad and a terrible ending to this story. So when we watch this movie, I said to you, I know what score I'm gonna give it. And that's shocking because I know another movie that was given this score. That's how bad this is. I gave the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Last Airbender, a 4.5 out of 10. I'm going to give this the same, and I'm questioning if that's too high. <laughs> that's how awful this fucking movie is. Yeah, it is really bad. It's yeah. better acted than that, but that one had better plot, admittedly. And True, it was, also ba- it was also based on... Something good. Yeah, so at least they had kind of something to draw. Yeah. This is just... Well, this had holy other... Fr- well, this had other good Nightmare on Elm Street movies to draw on, but no, no, didn't. So anyway, we're done. Thank God. Oh, God, there, there's three more movies, isn't there? Well, yeah. we're not watching them. None no. of them really fit into this ongoing story. One of them's a crossover with another series we haven't watched. One of them takes place in the real world with Freddy killing the actors of the movies. One of them's a reboot. I know, I saw you watching that a few days ago. How yes. was it? Uh, the reboot, I'm just going to quickly give my thoughts on it. It's not an actual review here. I'm not going to give a final score or anything. I'm just going to tell you. This is my point of it. I love conceptually this franchise. Mm -hmm. I think Freddy Krueger is one of my favorite villains in cinema. That said, in terms of substance, he was just wasted potential. But that said, the idea of someone who can go into your dreams and is just this creepy, perverted, sarcastic slasher, that's a fun idea and I think has potential to do so well. I actually wrote a treatment to a Nightmare on Elm Street film that had a lot of similar elements to different movies throughout this franchise. My treatment was called Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Prisoner. 
Freddy Krueger, basically, he's groomed this drug dealer into selling drugs to teenagers that'll knock them out and therefore they are unable to wake up when he kills them. These kids are legitimately trapped in their dreams and nothing can wake them up. And so this idea of Freddy Krueger using someone to do his bidding in the real world, one of the characters having a personal traumatic connection to Freddy Krueger while also fleshing out him as a character, like there's certain elements that are done throughout all of these movies that were very similar to my treatment of it. And now the reason why I bring that up is having a personal connection to Freddy Krueger is something they did explore in the reboot. Now, it is a reboot. The movie tries to go in a different way, but always ends up doing the exact same thing as the original. That's the that's the movie as an overarching as a movie, but each scene begins its own way but then ends the exact same way that subsequent scene in the original ends. So it tries to do something original, but it always just falls flat by doing exactly what the previous film did. The development of the reboot was so horrible that actress Rooney Mara almost quit acting entirely. And here's my big problem with the reboot. Again, great idea exploring more Freddy Krueger's origin while also establishing that characters have a personal connection to him. That's interesting. But for me, it's the way that the reboot gives them that personal connection. Now, the reason why Freddy Krueger is going after Nancy and all of her friends is because they were all in the same preschool class together, where Freddy Krueger was like the maintenance guy at the preschool. And the reason why the parents killed him was not because he was murdering children and got off on a technicality. In the reboot, he was actively raping the children. Ah, how edgy. Yeah, he was, they... he was not a child killer. He was a child molester who would bring those kids down to the basement where he would do unspeakably evil things to them. That's why the parents killed him. That's why he's going after them specifically. Because he was victimizing them and then he wants to finish his work. Yeah, he's not a killer. He is a molester in this movie. And it is disgusting and terrible and also really fucking stupid because in the reboot there's a lot more in the dream sequences. Like there's a lot more scenes in that, like characters will go in and out. Which on paper sounds like an interesting idea. The problem is that means that every other scene in this godforsaken movie begins with characters just sleeping. Sometimes they'll be in class, sometimes they'll be in their room, sometimes they'll be eating food at a diner and they'll just go and fucking knock out. Like, half this movie is just shots of teenagers sleeping. And it's fucking bad. But that said, there are interesting ideas. Like, there's a part where literally the only one in the entire movie that actually got to me was this part where the guy that hanged himself in the prison, instead of hanging him, Freddy, like, injects his hand through his stomach and, like, stabs him. But then in the cuts to the where he's bleeding out on the ground and Freddy cuts to the dream where Freddy is dangling him from the ceiling and he tells the kid, you know, the brain stays active six minutes after the heart stops beating, which means you and I got at least five and a half more minutes of playtime. That was an effective scene in terms of gore and blood. Okay. That said, Freddy Krueger looks like shit because they CGI'd his face. Mm, Jack Earl right. Haley was... a great choice to play Freddy Krueger, but wasted potential. Yeah. Again, the reboot is terrible, had some inklings of a good movie, but always 
ended up doing exactly what the previous one did, as well as just making a lot of really misguided mistakes. Cool. Also, there's a couple Nightmare on Elm Street movies that almost didn't get made. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll just go through a couple of them. The original script for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which was written by Wes Craven, involved Kristen going back in time and killing baby Freddy. Yes, cool. By, by grabbing him by the foot and smashing him against the wall. <laughs> yes, do that. That's better. <laughs> There's a pitch called How the Nightmare on Elm Street Began, which is a stupid title. The treatment was written by John Saxon, who played Nancy's police officer father. Mm -hmm. The dad wrote the treatment. It was an origin story of Freddy Krueger. He was framed. He was completely innocent in those crimes. He was completely framed. Who was he framed by? Charles Manson. What? <laughs> there was another one called uh, Nightmare on Elm Street First Kill that was going to be a courtroom drama. It was going to be the flashbacks of Freddy's dead, but it was going to be a courtroom drama about Freddy Krueger's trial and him getting off on a technicality but and then being torched. It that's was... cool, but that's not even the same genre as the series. Nope. That's why it didn't get made. Also, one film that almost got made in the sixth installment was almost called The Dream Lover. Ew, nope. Well, just hear me out. Or as I like to affectionately call this movie, Bitch Boy Freddy. <laughs> what, what, nope, shut up. So essentially, this takes place several years into the future where Freddy Krueger is a bitch. He is weak. He is bullied by everyone in Elm Street. Basically, all the teens and parents of Elm Street recreationally take sleeping pills so that they can go into their dreams and bully Freddy Krueger and beat him up. <laughs> what? 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 And then one of the teens accidentally gets killed. Uh, Freddy Krueger kills him, and that reinvigorates Freddy's passion. He starts terrorizing the town again. This was a meta-ish take on Freddy Krueger as how he started off as this mean, creepy, scary, intimidating figure, and now he's just a silly, wacky joke that everyone beats the hell out of. That's so fucking stupid. You want to know who pitched that idea? Who? Peter Jackson, the filmmaker behind Lord of the Rings. Yes! Yes, I want his skill. I want those beautiful shots from the Lord of the Rings, but it's just people kicking the shit out of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, so there was a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of ideas for different films throughout this well, franchise and that's all I'm going to go through but there's well, more. Well I'm glad that they rejected all those for the great idea of like what if we just did the same wait wait no what if Freddy have d daughter and Razam Barr and everyone's crazy this is a good movie oh yeah let's fun that yes also I just did some typing on calculator while you were talking the series has an average of 5.42 and that's rounded assuming I'm good at typing in numbers with my thumbs alright yeah yeah this isn't a great series the first one, if you're being generous, first three are okay. I think the first And one, after that, it's just, oh boy, it's bad. Yeah, I think the first one's great. Second one's okay. Third one's good. Fourth, fifth, sixth, just progressively get worse. Yeah. That said, I just 
really wanted to plug my fucking Google Doc half a treatment for the dream prison. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird thing to plug. I know, I know. It's hey, better, it was better, hey, it was hold better. on, hold on, let me plug something. I am working on a story called Elves. It's not out, you can't go find it anywhere, but hey, I mentioned the name. It's about fucking elves. I started writing it before we watched Zardoz, which is important. Oh, nice. Is it a novel? No, it's like a novella. Oh. Whatever. I need to fucking finish it. I've been working well, on it for Well, either way, a year. I, I bet both of them are better than my Scooby Doo treatment. You just fucking. Nope, nope. It's been two hours. Yeah. We don't have time for this. Anyway, so that's the end of this episode. That was our reviews of Nightmare on Elm Street 1 through 6. Tune in next week for our review of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. You can find more of our show on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Silver Age Silver Screen, where we post updates to the show and some other cinema, nerd genre cinema updates as well. You can find me, Riley Thorpe, on my YouTube channel of the same name, where you can check out my short films, one of which is entitled Silence of the Karens. It will have been featured in four film festivals by the time this, this episode comes out. And uh, you can follow me on TikTok. TikTok and Instagram at Riley James Thorpe. Casey? You can find me on Twitter at Charms Casey, J A R M E S C A S E Y. I have a YouTube channel where I do video essays called Casey Jarms. Also, I host a DD podcast called Hell of a Game and wrote a book called Double Elimination the Machine. I do lots of shit that you should check out. We'll be back next week, assuming we don't get graciously welcomed to the beautiful city of primetime by our good pedophile friend, Frederick J. Kruger. The J stands for Josh. <laughs> As always, I'm Riley Ford. And I'm Casey Jarms, and I normally say my name first. And hey, it's just six bad, bad, awful movies of various degrees of bad. Don't lose your head over it. Especially not to Freddy Krueger. Actually, does he ever decapitate someone? Yeah. Probably. Like, if it is, if someone's decapitated, I say their name instead of a ladder. Freddy has to have decapitated someone. Yep. Oh, and the ending to the reboot does make a lot more sense than the original. Well, that's not a high bar. The episode's over now. Yeah, you can probably cut this.